Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Boys Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 27 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And today I have a special guest all the way from the UK. I have John Searson, and he was lots of fun. I mean, John and I have been trying to set this up for a little while, and it just kind of... Uh, you know, and with the time, there's like a seven hour time difference, so it was always really tough, but, uh, managed to, uh, work it out this afternoon, well, this afternoon my time, but like eight o'clock his time, so, yeah, so it was great, and on very short notice, I kind of, uh, like I said, John and I had talked about this before, and I was, you know, I kind of wanted to get his insight on the UK, you know, the British, I mean, he's been a fan for, since the 90s, so, you know, the British Super League, the BISL, and then, of course, the Elite League that it's known as now, um, you had some top dudes roll through there, and I wanted to kind of get his, uh, you know, I know everybody likes the, I've, I've been told numerous times, um, you know, people always like the top tens and that type of thing, well, so I got to, I, I told John, we'll do a top ten, and, and he actually went above and beyond and kind of did one for the British League, and then he, or the Super League, and at that time period, and then did one for the, uh, EIHL, so it was a lot of fun, and, and like I said, you know, and like I said, for you guys listening, um, you know, if you're not familiar with the UK hockey scene, trust me, the names, when you when he says them, you'll, you know, we're not talking about dudes no one's ever heard of, I mean, they were North American tough guys, and then they went over there, and, you know, either halfway or towards the end of their career, but, uh, yeah, I was surprised, I've always surprised with the names that come up, I mean, uh, you know, I've seen some of the footage and stuff, I'm no, I'm certainly not a UK expert, but I mean, I know the guys that are over there, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna say I've, I've seen all the UK fights when they, when they happen, but I know, uh, Paul over at the UK Fight Channel there, he does a great job, uh, you know, and he's been very instrumental, um, you know, digging up old footage and that type of thing and really, and really bringing that to life and, uh, you know, and like his channel on the, on YouTube is massive. And, uh, of course on Twitter, he's on there and, uh, he does a great job. And, uh, you know, and same with John. I mean, um, you know, he, a Nottingham guy and he sent me some really good Nottingham Panther stuff from over the years. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, those guys are keeping it alive over there in the UK. And I mean, and, you know, and it's the same struggles that's going on here in North American hockey. I mean, you know, fighting is pretty well non-existent these days, you know, and, Certainly the days of the tough guy are gone, but, uh, you know, and it's hit over there as well. But, um, you know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, a, a quote unquote, the good old days and, uh, we're, we're throwing out names. And, uh, like I said, I think it was a lot of fun talking to John. I'm so happy to get him back on the show, but, uh, or get him on the show. I don't even know if he was on my, he was on one of my, ah, geez, was he on one of my old episodes? Jeez, now I feel bad. Since I've been on the Hockey Podcast Network, I know he hasn't been on my show. Um, I certainly talked to him enough times. I guess I'm get. I was on when he was talking with uh, Alec on the Five for Fighting podcast. But uh, at any rate, I've known John for a while now, and so it was great to get him great to get him on. 
Um, sorry, I'm stumbling and bumbling here. It's Tuesday night, and uh, got to get this edited out, and, and I'm, I'm about nine coronas in, so, uh, um, yeah. Man, they went down pretty good, though. You ever get that, like, like kind of at, like, the most inopportune times, the, the, the beers just flow? You know, I mean, I got to get up at, like, 5.15 tomorrow morning and work, but, uh, you know, so I wasn't going to get hammered or anything, but, man, that, you know, and it's so hot here that, yeah, I think I, I was done the first three before you could blink, and I was like, okay, well, I better slow her down a little bit here, but, um, yeah, no, so, and, uh, I, like I said, this is episode 27, um, I encourage you to go back and check out the other episodes, I mean, I've talked to John Moraski, Steve McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko, Sean McMorrow, on and on, and, uh, you know, I just had uh, legendary enforcer Jeff Audrey's on, and, uh, of course, his son Dakota as well, I said last week was Audrey's week, here on the on the network, and uh, and they were both uh, father and son were great guests, and uh, I, I encourage you to check those out. But uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, I talked to uh, John here for a while, so I'm not going to take too much of a um, too much time up here on the intro. But uh, you know, of course, with hockey starting up again tonight, uh, you know the the network here with the the 31 hockey podcast will all be. We'll be cruising, and I know the boys will be running around, and, uh, you know, this will be busy now with the playoffs, and, uh, or I guess what are they doing, around robin or playing games or whatever? I don't know. I'm not watching it, so I don't really give a shit. But uh, round robin games, and then the tournament starts, and blah, blah, blah. So, But I know a lot of people are excited about it, and, of course, with everything that's gone on in the world, that, you know, we definitely need some sports in our life. So, you know, I mean, for the hockey fans out there, it'll be uh, exciting times, so... Um, but I know what every hockey fan needs, uh, jerseys, everybody's into hockey jerseys if you're a, a hockey fan, and uh, I, I have uh, quite that deal for you, so before you hit fast forward and like, oh my god, he's an ad and blah blah blah, but no, seriously, they're uh, coolhockey.com, they sponsor the network, and uh, they've been around since 1999, they're NHLPA endorsed. Um, if you go to their website, they got all the jerseys. I'm sure at some point here they're going to have the new Kraken jersey on there from Seattle. Um, I just checked the other day. They don't have it on yet, but uh, I'm sure that's coming soon. But uh, I was like I was telling everybody, I was, and this is no bullshit, I was at the mall there a couple, it'd be about a month or two now, um, and went into Jersey City and I looked and they got the authentic jerseys and it's Crosby or Price or Eichel or whoever the, they all were. $300 they wanted for these jerseys. I'm like, you got to be insane. But then the network was telling me about this, uh, one of the sponsors, and I, I, you know, again, I know I have a lot of Jersey uh, folks on my Twitter page, so I thought this would be a really good deal for you guys. Um, like I said, coolhockey.com, if you type in THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, at checkout, you get 30% off and free shipping, and it's out of Toronto, and uh, yeah, you can get the actual jersey with whatever name you want sewn in. Numbers, the whole nine yards, custom, uh, and the, the fight strap. It's the same jersey the dudes are wearing on the ice. One eighty-five, ninety-nine. How do you beat that? It's literally half the price of what they were at Jersey City, and you can get whatever player or whoever you got a Thunder sixty-nine if you want to put that on your jersey. You know, go ahead. And like I said, they're hand knitted and uh, fight strap and the whole deal. So. You know, can't beat it with a stick. That's a hell of a deal. And, uh, you know, so I thought that was pretty cool. And plus, like I said, with the, I mean, I'm not getting any money out of this, but it's helping the network out. Like I said, we got 
31 NHL podcasts, and then, of course, myself and Terry Ryan and, and the rest. Um, you know, so Isha, Dylan, and the boys are running around and staying busy. So, and, uh, you know, this is on their dime to, uh, to sponsor all this and to host the network and all the, all the podcasts. So I think anytime we can make, make a little money for them, I think is a good thing. And, and like I always say, you're buying the jerseys anyway. And, it, you know, it's a heck of a deal and, uh, like 30% off and free shipping. How do you beat that, right? I mean, it's the cheapest, you know, for the authentic stuff. I mean, I'm not talking the knockoffs from China that you can get for 30 bucks, you know. No, this is like the real deal. And, uh, so, I don't know, for 185 bucks, it's pretty good, uh, pretty good in my mind. So, I, I highly, I highly encourage you guys to check that out. And, like I said, THPN. And, uh, yeah. And, like I said, you're getting the jerseys anyway, and it's helping out the network. So, and, uh, you know, speaking of the network, like I said, check out the shows, myself and Terry Ryan. And, uh, the other networks, you know, the off network shows, it's, uh, Alec over at Five for Fighting, Joe at the Coliseum Chronicles, Bobby over at the Bucket Drop Podcast, you know, all the usual suspects, you know, they've all, uh, they're all putting out content steady, and, uh, like I said, I know everybody listens to Spit and Chiglets and 31 Thoughts and John Scott and Cam Jansons and all the ex-players that have shows now, and that's cool, I'm not knocking any of those shows, they're the big boys, you know, they're the Pepsi and Coke of the hockey podcast world, and we're the, we're the mom and the pop shop, but, uh, you know, and we're all fighting for airtime, but, uh, you know, so I always say support local, shop local, maybe give us a, maybe give the smaller shows a listen or two, and I think you'll be, uh, um, su- pleasantly surprised with the, with the quality that I know that some of the guys put in, and, and, and the research that goes in, and, and some real solid interviews. And, uh, you get great stories out of the guys, and it's just not, doesn't have to be just Bissonette and Ryan Whitney talking to them. I mean, uh, you know, all, all of us try, uh, try to bring you the best interviews that we can, and, uh, I've always said, and it's, I'm not trying to sound arrogant or whatever, but I'll, I'll always put any of my interviews up against, uh, anything that Spit and Chiglets has ever done. And, uh, you know, and I think the stories are all the same, they're all funny, and, uh, and, and you get some insight on the guy and his career, and, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, so, like I said, give, give the little guys a shot, but hey, you're listening to me now, so you're, uh, you're, you're trying to give me a shot, but I keep talking, it's like, shut up and get to Searson already, alright, so I'll shut up, but, uh, yeah, so here's, uh, go, my, uh, my conversation with John Searson, who's a great UK fan, and, uh, knowledgeable, and, and like I said, we talk about the, uh, the, uh, BISL, and then the Elite League, and, uh, yeah, and uh, again, hey, if you're on Twitter, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter, also, please check out my YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. I have over 2,000 fight videos on there, from junior to pro. Just type in whatever league you're looking for, or whoever you're looking for, type in the name. I got everything sorted, and uh, I think you'll find something that uh, will tickle your fancy, But uh, and you'll end up down the rabbit hole, believe me. Just type in WHL and sit back. I got Tony Twist when he played with the Blades, and you know... Uh, Darren Kimball with the PA Raiders, Bomber with the PA Raiders, Colt Moore with the Swift Current Broncos, Scott Parker with the Kelowna Rockets. Yeah, check out that. Parker with the Rockets. Oof. Vicious. Josh Mazer, uh, you know, past guest on the show. He was a great guest. Lots of his fights on there. Go check him out. Dude fights Eric Goddard 11 times. Yeah, and Steve McIntyre and Parker, and he fought everybody. So I put a lot of those fights up, and they were great. So, no, please check out the YouTube channel and uh, subscribe to it and and hit the little bell notification. That way, I'm always uploading new fights on there. So anytime I upload something new, 
you'll get notified right away. So uh, I'd really appreciate that. And and plus, if you're on the whatever platform you're listed to, if you could rate and review my show, it helps me out in the ratings uh, or with you know out of with the search or. I, I don't know, they just tell me to say that, it's supposed to help me out, who knows, I don't know, but no, I'd appreciate it, you're there anyway, if you could do that, that'd be great, but uh, let's get on with the show, okay? Alright, so thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, I will talk to you guys on Sunday, alright, have a good night. Alright, here on the fourth line voice, all the way out in the UK, I got John Searson on the line, and uh, John, how you doing tonight? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very good. Look at this. I've tried to sound all professional. Meanwhile, we I've had like f- fucking four Coronas already, and we're yelling about fights for the last 20 minutes. But <laughs> I, I have five empty beer cans and a stack of paper in front of me where I've been scribbling a list for the last two hours. Wow, that so. goddamn garage door has been going up and down. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think we're going to – I'll do this for a little bit here. We're going to do some lists. It seems like the folks out there like some lists. And then I have some questions. I have some Q&A. And then uh, I might actually open this up to make this a group chat. We'll see if we can get some fucking idiots in here talking. <laughs> but I, I've opened it up to a couple of the UK cats and nothing. What's wrong with you people over there? I said it before. We need to get Paul on. I know. I said, what do you guys call it? A bunch of bellends over there is what's happening. <laughs> Between Cliffy and... Uh, Sam Bell, I call Sam Bell Long Lens, Long Lens <laughs> Bell. Yeah, I know he hates it too. But you know, I've invited them on, and they're they're pulling the shoot. Something about work, or they're hiding in Scotland, or something. I don't know what's going on. You can only try. I know. You know, I'm I'm trying to bring the show to the people. And the people don't want. The people don't want it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure the people haven't asked for me to come on here. So, uh... Oh well, no. I'm, I mean, at this point, we're clearly, you know, I'm so low. I'm reaching up to touch bottom for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm clearly just trying to get myself kicked off the network at this point. <laughs> but what I told you, I said no. I it actually worked out because with the time difference, I think it was like a seven hour time difference. So usually we can't kind of do this stuff. And I know I've talked to you a million times about coming on the show. I mean, you've lowered your standards by going on that goddamn five for fighting mud show a few times. We won't even we won't even won't even talk but about that. I, yeah, I didn't get the full flight voice call, so I had to go on there twice. Wow. I don't know. I think you really damaged your uh, damaged your <laughs> brand by doing that. And that William at the biscuit. Oh, but I mean, I can't say anything because I mean, I've been on that show like four or five times and you know i try to help him out though it's almost like a charity type thing with that guy <laughs> you know and then uh but we've always talked about coming on here and then with the time difference and everything else but it happened to work out today where the old uh, truck was getting serviced and i got home and uh the wife is out of town so i said well i'm gonna crack some coronas and i'm gonna get that searson on the line and here you are sounds good yeah. Good. So yeah, I, I'd say to my wife, I said, well, you're going to have to put the kids to bed yourself tonight, I'm, uh, I'm doing a podcast. Uh, and I'm sure she was just thrilled. Uh, yeah, yeah, there wasn't much of a smile, but, uh, but no. she accepted it, so here we go. There you go. Well, what the, uh, I know we've always talked, and I said, well, I'm going to get you on, because I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a UK guy on, and we're going to talk about the uh, British Super League, and uh, 
the uh, what is it, the Elite League, and because uh, yeah, I know you've uh, yeah, 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 and I know you've been a long time fan, and uh, you've seen you've seen a lot of shit. So I want to get someone on there, uh, or someone on here that uh, has seen it, and uh, I value their opinion. Definitely, it's uh, it's, it's it brought back some memory, memories making these lists, and just some of the guys I wrote down just brought back some great memories. Oh yeah, see, I cut myself off. Yeah, so the 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 uh, I told you, I said, well, you know what, we should do like the top ten toughest guys that you that you saw over there. But I said, but with an asterisk. I said they can't be one-hit guys. They had to have played multiple seasons. So that eliminated your Cam Jansons and your McGrattons and uh, Eric Karens and shit. See, in the old Super League days, we had so many guys who, would, who came over just like mid-season and just finished finish the year. Yeah. So you had guys like D- Dave Morissette, Andy Bezo, Doug Dole. Um, there are just so many names. Louis Bedard had a year here. There were just so many names that, that didn't fall into this category of over one year. Was Dodie yeah, Wood only there for a year? Came over here. Say it again, sorry? Was Dodie Wood there for more than a year? Yeah, Dodie Wood was here two years. Okay. Well, look, I probably... Dodie, just, Dodie Wood made one of my lists. I was going to say, I, I probably just gave away one of your lists, but... Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, and then, to top it all off, this is how dedicated you are. You came up with two lists. One's from the, the BISL, and then the other one's from the Elite League. Yeah, there was it, it was too hard to try and put them together into one list. There was there was so many great names that deserve a mention. That's true. So, uh, Actually, as you so as yeah. you were saying the names, I didn't realize Morissette had played over there. Yeah, Morissette played for London in uh, 2000, 2001. Had a couple of great battles with Clayton Norris. Yeah, Clayton Norris. Yeah, the uh, yeah I watched him in Medicine Hat. I remember the uh, it always pissed me off because of course uh, you know back then before YouTube and everything else. We'd always had we'd always heard how how tough he was. Yeah. Every time he came to Saskatoon, nothing. Never fight. Never fought anybody. We'd just get pissed off. Him and uh, who was the other guy? Medicine Hat had ah oh, so, made a huge rep too. Justin Hawking. They, he had yeah. Hawking and Norris had huge reps in Medicine Hat. And, yeah, Hawking uh, played over here too. Well, see there you go. See, we're learning stuff already today, folks. I didn't know that either. And uh, and neither of them would do nothing when they come to Saskatoon. Yeah, yeah. But uh, did Hawking fight when he was over there? Not a deal. If, I, if, if top of my head, I'm going to say Hawking was in Manchester, but I don't, I don't remember him fighting much when he was here. I think he was only here a year, but I think he was towards the end of his career when he came over here. Yeah. Well, and I think um, you know, and that was kind of the thing with the UK. I know I've talked to a few guys over the years, and 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 I mean, some of them have used it as like a, a paid vacation to Europe, right? You know, yes. and, you know, and I mean, you know, and it's, they're not going to go over there and fight and whatever. And, you know, but, uh, but some guys, uh, they go over there and give her shit. So like, I, that I, was the, like, I think that was kind of like in the, in the old BISL days, the super league, when, when, when the tough guys came over, over here, then they was, they was coming towards the end of the career. But that was the great thing about the EIHL. We saw a lot of guys in the EIHL who was in the prime when they got here. So they were still they still wanted to fight everybody, yeah. And uh, but don't get me wrong, even in the Super League, if something happened, shit went down. It wasn't like uh, they wasn't looking to fight, but it wasn't like they wasn't going to fight. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let's let's get into it here. Okay, so here we are, John Searson's top ten British Super League uh, list. Um, how now? When did the Super League change over to the Elite League? 
0203 was the last year of the Super League. All right. Uh, well, hit me here. What do we got? We'll start at number 10. Number 10, I've got Barry Nykar. Nice. Uh, and I know UK fans are known as homers for the team, and that's probably another thing with Nykar. There's a lot of people that don't like him. I saw him in Nottingham for two years, and I loved him. Uh, three years, three years he was in Nottingham. But yeah, he came to London in 99 to 2000. And uh, the coach coach for that London team was Chris McSorley. And that year he came to London, that team was stacked. That was when they had um, Mike Weir, Nykar, Andy Bezo, uh, Bird Dog was there. Uh, Darren Banks was on that team too. That team was absolutely stacked the first year Nykar came to came to the UK. There you go. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, and and then like you said, and Chris McSorley, the coach. Yeah. Yeah, McSorley liked his tough teams. Absolutely. Yeah, Nykar. It's interesting. I mean, you know that dude's got a lot of heat with people. I know uh, players don't like him. Paxton Schulte definitely doesn't like him. Yeah, Nykar was really cheap, but again, with Nykar, he would back it up. He would, he would, he would fight as well. But he, yeah, he he was really cheap. It's throw an elbow or a cross check at a guy. Uh, nothing was off limits with him, and I think he probably pissed a lot of players off because Nykar, if he was in trouble, he would bail. See, that's the thing when it comes to Nykar. Really, my only, um, I don't know if my my only real exposure to him is that St. John stuff footage. That St. John's Flames DVD that's going around. I mean, he had almost 500 minutes that year, so I know he's like every second fight on that freaking DVD. Um, yeah, I know. I, I, I had a Cincinnati 97, 98 tape. He was on there a lot. Yes, and that as well. I just actually just got that. That Cincinnati. Uh, who else is on that team? Why did I just get this? It's not... Uh, uh, I'm sure Pierre Leboutillier uh, Le was on that team as well. He played for Sheffield over here. Yeah. He actually oh. fought Nykar when he was in Sheffield. Oh, and Lloyd Shaw. Lloyd Shaw was on. I knew there was a reason I was looking at that team recently. Folks, we're keeping this very loose. I'm sort of just staring out my window, talking into my microphone, listening to John's uh, soothing voice in my headphones. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's really no format for this, but Nykar. Ah, uh, yeah. He's from Saskatchewan. I didn't know that. Yes, he is. Yeah. Huh. Because well, if you look at his stats, he was a farm boy. I, I don't... If you look at his stats, he's got down his first year playing. He was in the ECHL. Yeah, yeah, in Virginia. But it's Ramos. I don't even know where that is. Ramos is. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Ramos is Saskatchewan. But it was. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I'm like, where did he play? So he obviously didn't play major junior. He played junior A somewhere. So he must have played in the SJ, I guess. I don't know. I've never heard of him playing in the SJHL though. Huh? I gotta look. Into I mean, that. what year was that? He went to the East. Well, he went to the East Coast League. Was it's like 89-90, Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I've got all the historical SJHL stats. I don't remember ever seeing his name in the SJ. Of course, maybe I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. But uh, I actually thinking back now, it just popped into my head. He did. He did a podcast with a guy from from Nottingham. And I'm pretty sure he said something on there like when when he played juniors he didn't fight. Huh. So if he didn't fight in juniors when he turned pro that was a crazy turn he had. Well, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, yeah, he certainly didn't. Uh, you know, almost 500 minutes and then almost 400 in the eye, and you know, and then I mean, like you said, I mean, every year, like first year in London, there are 18 games, 143 minutes, you know, and then, yeah. you know, 200 every year after that. So I mean. Yeah, yeah, a couple NHL games in Anaheim, and yeah, he fought, uh, he, uh, who did he fight? He 
fought. Well, he fought Tony Twist when he was uh, when he played in Calgary. He fought Twist twice in the game. It, did, it didn't go too well for him. Yeah, but no shame in that, you know. Oh, I guess he no. played for Hartford and Calgary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Nightcar. Oh, there's another guy. He'd be fun to get on the podcast, too. So, anybody listening to the sound of my voice, if you know Barry Nykar, tell him to come on the fourth line voice. We'll get the scoops from him. I'll get the story out of him. Are you still there, or John? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just I'm just gathering gathering my pieces of paper in front of me. Oh. Well, all right. So that was number 10. What's number 9? Fuck, I guess I'm we probably get... should speed this up or we're going to be here for fucking eight hours. Yeah, I don't mind. I'll talk about fights all day. There, there you go. So number 9, I've got Dennis Maxwell. Ah, uh, there you go. Came over to London in 0203, which was the last year of the Super League. Uh... He had a he had a crazy fight with Christian Gosselin in the penalty box that season. He seemed to have a good rivalry with Dion Darlin that year too. There was, there was something going on there. He fought Darlin a few times. Who did I just have on that didn't like Darling? Cornish. Cornish. Yeah, Cornish didn't yeah. like Darling, yeah. Yeah, I know he didn't like Darling. The um, uh, Yeah, Dennis Maxwell. Well he's a bit of a he's kind of a folk hero over there, is he not? Uh, yeah, well, he was, he was like I say, he came to London in 0203, and then the year after he went to Cardiff, which were 0304, which was the first year of the Elite League. Um, and the first year of the Elite League, there wasn't really that many big name guys in the league. So, but I remember he fought Mark Scott a couple of times, and Mark Scott came late in the season to play for London. And then from 04 to 06, Maxwell was the player coach in London for the London Racers. So that's he, he brought Corny over here. But yeah, he always had stacked teams. Yeah, when he when he was in London, those teams. So I'm trying to think who he had over those two years. But yeah, Kins was there. Yeah, Jason Norrie, uh, Jeremy Cornish, Trevor Baker. Um, yeah, yeah, those teams were stacked. Yeah, they. Um, yeah, well, I remember when I was talking to Cornish there. Yeah, fucking um, Jason. I was a huge Jason Norrie fan. He was uh, he was awesome in the Western Hockey League. Yeah, with the long hair going and shit. Him and Stephen Pete had a fucking unbelievable tilt one night in uh, Red Deer. See, Jason Norrie, he was another guy who was kind of... He didn't fight a great deal when he was over here. I remember he beat the shit out of Jeff Hutchins in the penalty box in London one day. That was, that was kind of eventful. I'm, oh, hey, I'm going to cut... Yeah, to go completely off, we're out in left field here. I'm just going to throw in... Uh, Devin... What is it? Devin... Dino Mite, Dino Mite. Devin did the Yeah, yeah. Did he got? Uh, didn't he jump the penalty box and get banned? Yes. Where was Didi Amiti? I want to say yeah, Cardiff. Uh, yeah, he was in Cardiff. Um, I think it was Danny Stewart he went after when he when he jumped the penalty box. But yeah, he took a suspension there. It was, it was weird because somebody just sent me that picture like two days ago. It was like a front page picture of the paper from over there. And it was yeah. D-Idiot or something written on it or something like that. And it has him hanging over the glass. and Yeah, because I can remember him from the, o- the OHL. Yeah, I always get mad at him because he's, he's followed me and unfollowed me. He's followed me and unfollowed me on Twitter. Yeah, he had a huge arrival. There you go. I, I was going to say, fucking, he's he's followed me and unfollowed me like three times on Twitter. Uh, but when did he meet him? He was here. It was, all, it was all a Twitter show when he was here. He, he just talked shit on Twitter before the games. and uh, Tremendous. Yeah, yeah, it was just all the show. It's uh, it's actually funny when I went to Philly and I saw the Phantoms play at the Spectrum the last year. The Phantoms was in Philly, and I saw Josh Berlio TKO De- uh, Devin Dimitri in the first game I went to there. Because I, I think he's kind of small, isn't he? Like I said, he's an OHL guy. I didn't really pay much. I'm not trying to knock him. I just didn't really pay much attention to him. But 
He was kind of like an Avery type, wasn't he? Yeah, but he did some crazy stuff, though. I mean, I think there's, there's something from inside the AHL or the ECHL. He banged a guy's head off the ice. I can't remember where it was, but I know he took a big suspension for that. That was before he came to the UK. Oh, there you go. But I know that was a, that was a big deal when he came when he signed over here. Well, some so, of the some some of the newer fans didn't want to see him. Oh, oh, heaven forbid he's mean. Yeah, yeah. Heaven oh. forbid he's going to entertain. Oh, yeah. Don't want that. But. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, what do we got? Number eight. Number eight. I have Rob Trumbly. Ah, love it, love it. Rob Trumbly, smaller guy for everybody. Came came to Newcastle in '97. He was there till '99. Then he moved on to Air. Uh, when he was when he was in Air, that's when he fought Andy Bezo from the bench. It was in the playoff semi-finals. Yeah. Uh, then he moved on to Manchester, and he was he was involved in that crazy brawl against Sheffield. Well, and then. then he, Things are, are afoot. I'm working on getting Trumbly on this show. Um, mm. I want to talk to him about Moose Jaw because I remember watching him play in the in the junior in Western Hockey League. Yeah, he was just a little bastard with Moose Jaw. Oh, he'd come here and start shit all the time. Rat Warner and Clark Wilm be chasing him around trying to kill him. Um, yeah, I have a few of his fights on my fourth line voice on YouTube. Folks, check it out. I have a few Rub Trumbly Moose Jaw fights on there. But yeah, oh, I love I love Rub Trumbly. Is that is actually quite funny on um, on Alex Enforcer group because Trumbly's on there and he comments on some stuff. Yeah. And uh, I commented on there and I said one of the one of the most scared I've ever been in my life. I was fourteen and it was when Trumbly was in Newcastle in ninety eight ninety nine and he had the, he had he had like the flowing long hair. Yep. And I where where our season tickets was there was right behind the away bench and I walked past and I I, sh- I shouted Trumbly you yeti and he punched the glass and screamed fuck off. And I always said I was so scared then. I commented that in the enforcer group, and uh, he put, he put back. He put sorry about that. I thought you was fifteen. That was his comment. Ah, I thought it was pretty funny. Awesome. Yeah, he. Uh, I've only I've only met him the one time. He was really nice, but I met him the one time. But uh, yeah, that was years ago. But, uh, but yeah, he's an undersized guy. He fought everybody. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Fearless, and uh, I mean, he was a little asshole in the Western League. He'd go around and just, uh, but he'd fight anybody. But like he'd stick you in the yeah. balls and didn't give a shit and. Like I, and so of course when he'd come to Saskatoon, everybody'd like boo the shit out of him, right? I liked him. I was like, fuck that. I would, I wish he was on our team, you know. But uh, yeah, him and Wilm and Warner had some great fights, and uh, yeah, he. Uh, I believe the story I was told in Moose Jaw is they were banned from this. The uh, he was banned from the Seven Elevens because he kept fighting in the parking lot. Oh really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, um, he had a great fight against Corey Bolio one night in Nottingham after he ran the goal. There you go. Yeah. Bob Bolio, there's another guy. Yeah. Yeah, but no, Trumbly caused a bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him. Uh, what do we got? Number seven? Number seven, I've got Paxton Schulte. There you go. Schulte was a big guy. He always yeah. did well. well. Always did well. He came to Bracknell in 98. He was there till 2000. Then he went to Belfast. And he's like a cool hero in Belfast. Well, a really good player. Yes, he was. And that's what we used to see in the Super League. Because cause teams used to roll like two and a half, three lines. All the tough guys got big minutes, and you'd see how good a player they really was. Yeah. Well, that, that was the thing. Like, even in uh, Schulte, like, uh, you know, in Spokane, I mean, he, power forward, man. Like, I'm just looking at his stats. Yeah, 42 goals, 222 minutes, and, you know, 6'2", 220. And, you know, he had some, uh, you know, Cornwall the one year, 25 goals. And I was always surprised, you know, that he didn't get, uh, you know, a shot at the NHL. 
He was in St. John's for a long time, wasn't he? Yep, a couple years. Yeah, three years in St. John's. But, I mean, what, one, two, three. Yeah, three years in Cornwall. So, I mean, you know, six. Yeah, fuck, that's rough. Six years in the American Hockey League and you get two NHL games. Fuck. Yeah. You, you need a better agent, dude. Fuck. And then you end up in Bracknell in the UK. Yeah. And, uh, you know. But, I mean, you know, he obviously found a home in Belfast and he sounded like he really enjoyed it when he was talking to... Alec, anybody listening? Five for Fighting podcast. I hate to put Alec over in his outlaw mud show, but <laughs> he did have Paxton on, and uh, yeah, and I know he really. He said he really enjoyed his time in Belfast. Who else was I talking to? It was Engelstad? Engelstad loved Belfast. Yeah, yeah, he said it's really cool over there. Um, I'd love to get over there. McMorrow really put it over on my show too. He loved Belfast. Yeah. It seems to be a trend. Every player likes going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like they treat their guys good. I think they just like the area and, like, uh, yeah, it looks cool. I mean, yeah. But, yeah, Schulte, I was always surprised, you know. Never, like, you look at his American League numbers, you know, 15 goals, 14 goals, 25 goals. Like, fuck, really? This dude can't get time in the NHL? Are you shitting me? Like, who'd you piss off? Holy fuck. I don't know. So, um... We've got number six. I've got Mike Ware. Yeah, Mike Ware. Yeah, I. Uh... Mike Mike Ware played here forever. Yeah. Uh, where was he? he came over ninety two. Nineteen ninety two. He came to Murrayfield. Yeah, he. Um, I was kind of. Uh, damn, I wish drop. Uh, we always say that every time. I wish drop your gloves was still around. That's for sure. But uh, I went on a, on a on a Mike Ware bender there for a bit. I was watching a bunch of his stuff all. Of, well, Paul's got all his shit, right? Putting up there, but he, um, but yeah, I mean, he was in the OHL back in like the Probert days, you know. Yeah. But uh, well, I saw you put you put on a you put a tail up from a, a couple of days ago where you fought McSorley. Yeah, was, he he kinda, yeah, you kind of got dummy by McSorley in that one, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he came in '92, and then we had his stint in Germany, and then came back here. But yeah, it was it was here till until 2004. Yeah, I mean, he kind of made his name over there. I know uh, my friend Kurt actually just signed. My friend Kurt coaches GMs and coaches a junior A team in Ontario, and he actually just signed Mike Ware's kid this year. Yeah, his kid's huge too, isn't he? Oh, he's he? like six foot six or something. Yeah, some ridiculous size. Yeah, because he was like, does he play like his dad? Apparently, he's physical. Well, yeah, the the in twenty twenty whatever that be. means. But I mean, yeah, apparently he's physical and shit. So you know he. Uh, you know, well, well, he has a play. He's just a young. We'll see. We'll find out. Well, Kurt will get it out of him. We'll put it that way. We'll find out. I was right going to say, if Kurt signed him. He's not going to be soft, is he? Well, if he is soft, he might be. Uh, he might be back in a greyhound before he knows it. So yeah. <laughs> he'll he'll get. T- if you're six six and you know tiptoeing in the corners, you ain't lasted long on uh, on Kurt's team. But uh, <laughs> I would think if you got Mike Ware's genetics, I don't think you're tiptoeing in the corner. No. No. But because uh, I didn't realize, just looking here, how big he was six foot five too. Well, I say I say he had a uh, he had a stint in Germany. When he was in Germany, the the story goes he was actually arrested because he suckered a guy in warm ups when he played in the DEL. I don't know too much about it. I just remember that being a big story around the rinks in the uh, late nineties. Well, there you go. You know what that means, John? I might have to get him on the podcast and ask him that question. Hey, might well be good on the pod. Absolutely. I think I'm drinking these Coronas too fast. What number are we on? Six or five? Uh, five. Five. All right. Uh, and at five, I've got Mike McWilliam. Ah, oh, Mac. 
There you go. Former uh, he was former in guest. from ninety seven to ninety nine. And Mike William was a fucking scary dude. Uh, at the time, he didn't he didn't have a whole lot of competition, but he just like his presence. He, he was just scary. For, yeah. He fought Schulte a bunch of times. He fought Matt Hoffman a bunch of times. Yeah, big dude. That's I mean, it's, by that time, that's the thing when he was over there, right? He had all those injuries already. But I mean, uh, I know he really enjoyed his time over there. Um, I, re- I remember because I'm a huge Jared Zakuski fan. I remember he used to chase Zakuski around every game. And I remember a night Zakuski turned him down about eighty-three times. And Zakuski fought some Euro, and <laughs> McWilliam was fucking raging. He was raging, just screaming at Jarrett. Yeah, wow. Yeah, Mike was a bad dude, boy. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to re-upload his interview. He, he was a great interview. And uh, yes, yeah. Hockey circles on Facebook, folks. Go check it out. Mike's on there. He's an active guy on social media. So if you want, to, if you have any questions for him, I know he's on he's on Twitter, he's on Facebook. I mean, he's easy to get a hold of. See, uh, well, one thing I'm always interested in um, when you did your interview with him, and it, 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 he didn't really mention it, but I, I think was it was it in Vegas? Did he play in Vegas? I'm sure it was that team, but it was him and Nikar. And like I say, I'm a huge Nikar fan. I remember seeing they they had a poster. It was William and Nikar stood back to back. They had the sunglasses on, and it was like a Bad Boys poster. But I'd love to see those two on the same team together. No, he never played. He played in Denver in the IHL in Utah. He Did he? Never, I don't know why. It might have been Utah. It was whatever team he was on with Nikar. Ah, see now. I don't know why I had Vegas in my head. Well, Nikar was in Vegas. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Utah. Barry was in Utah that year. Utah, but yeah, I know they had the posts together. It was like the bad boys, and they both had sunglasses on, stood back to back with their arms folded on the poster. Really? See, man, see, I would love to have, I love minor league shit like that. I would love to have stuff like that. You know, the shame is, is all that shit, all that good shit happened in the 80s and 90s, like before the internet. Yeah. Like if that was going on now, I mean, you could hook some, you could get hooked up in Utah with someone or whatever, and they could get you something. But man, that's like that, uh, is it 98, 90, 98, 99, uh, Hershey Bears poster? With like Bia Lois and Scott Parker and like Rick Barry and someone else and they're all in like cowboy gear and dusters and shit. I would I would kill a motherfucker for that poster. I would love And to. the minor, and the minor leagues back then they knew how to sell a team. They oh, knew shit. how to promote a team. Oh yeah, and like even their hockey card sets they'd come out with. The tough guys were always fighting in their cards and shit. Oh yeah. No, they knew exactly that red ice sells. Of course. No, I would, so, love have, uh, I would love to have some old IHL shit. That'd be sweet. Yeah, definitely. I, I, you sent me that DVD, that best of the I, uh, IHL. That's a, that's a great DVD. That is a great DVD. Yeah, the uh, whoever put that together, I think we, uh, Kyle put that together. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I miss the IHL. I love the IHL. I was a huge fan. I actually did go to. I went to Winnipeg for a few games when when Engelstad was playing the Moose. Where. Okay, let's try that again. When Mel was playing for the Moose, I went there in 2000 and watched a couple games. And um, I know the one game they played against Chicago, and he, he, fuck, he chased Glenn Featherstone all over the ice that night. Featherstone wouldn't even look at him. Yeah. <laughs> Wildly. Yeah, I was... See, so. that's, see that, that DVD, there's a, a goalie called Danny Lorenz. He played for Panthers. That's why I played Nottingham. 
that's why I knew his name. But yeah, he gets headbutted on that DVD, which like, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what fight you're talking about, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I can't, I, I can't picture Danny Lorenz getting into any kind of confrontation anyway. Never mind one when he gets headbutted. Well, there you go. So what do we got? What McWilliam was number five, number four. I've got Clayton Norris. There you go, Clayton Chuck Norris. Clayton Norris is a fucking bad dude. Yep. Absolutely. Just a mean old school de- I say mean old school D-man. He played D in the UK, but I'm sure I read somewhere he was a winger before he came over here. Yeah, he was. The, did he play wing in the Western League? Yeah, yeah, because he had, um, yeah, and he had like 26 goals a bunch of years. And, um, yeah, he's actually kind of, yeah, he was definitely, he was a power forward kind of guy in the in the Western Hockey League in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, he came to the UK, he was a D-man. And it's like talking about how the game used to be sold. I always remember it was his first year here, but he was in Newcastle. And there used to be a magazine called uh, the Ice Hockey News Review. And uh, I remember picking it up. And the front, the, the front page, it just said "Happy New Year," and it had a picture of uh, Clay Norris fighting Danny Vial on the front on the front cover. Nice, uh, but yeah, just uh, yeah, he came to Newcastle in '99. Uh, then he went to Cardiff in 2000, 2001. That's the same. He had a couple of great tilts with Dave Morissette. Uh, he fought Trevor Doyle as well. He had a couple of great tilts with Trevor Doyle. Uh, and then after Cardiff, he came to Nottingham. So I got to see him for a season in Nottingham in you know, 01-02. But that year, that year was brutal because that's when they brought. It was after the bench clearance the year before. They brought some rule in where, after six fights, it was a one-game suspension for every fighting major you got after that, which was a bit, a bit brutal. But, uh, but yeah, he fought. He fought Jason Bowen. I think he had a bit of a rivalry with Jason Bowen because I know he fought him in the past too. But that was a guy he always seemed to get tangled up with. That's interesting because uh, yeah, because Bowen yeah he probably played against him in the Western League too, in Tri City yeah. yeah. Huh? That uh, I, fuck. That's funny you mentioned that fight rule. I've never understood the fight rule. Yeah, they 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 only lasted a year. They scrapped it. Yeah, like I I don't. So if a guy fights eight times, does it really matter? Like I mean, they have it in the American Hockey League now. Oh, ten fights, and after that you're suspended a game. Blah blah blah. Does it matter if he fights eleven? Like, what's the fucking? Who gives a shit? Like, so, I, yeah, I well, never understood, the, the, like, fans, the fans are going to love it for the, for the first day, and then after that, sure, they're going to hate it. That must be the only reason why they brought that rule in. Well, it's like when you're sitting around and you come up with these – who who wants these rules? Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand. Who comes up with this – I mean, it's rhetorical. I mean, I know who comes up with it. But, I mean, who thinks this is a fucking good idea? Like. Yeah. And when, when we had it over here, I don't think anybody told anybody about the rule because – Clayton Norris hit five fights by November, and then it all came and he was going to get suspended, and you could just see he was pissed off by it. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, any of those rules, I mean, I always laugh because they always, they always do it under the guise of player safety. I mean, that's the least safe thing you could ever do to a player. Yeah. You know, oh, here's the guy, because everyone knows the guy's fucking fight numbers. My friend, like, well, we were just talking about Kurt. Yeah, in his league, it's six fights, and after that, oh, fuck, it's two games, three games. Fuck, who knows, three to five years in jail. I don't know what the fuck they give you, but, you know. <laughs> but everybody on the other team knows when a motherfucker's at six fights. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to go over and fucking, you know, poke the bear. Well, so now you you want to talk about a player safety issue. So he's yeah, fucking looking over at the bench back. like, what the fuck done. do I do? Like, it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. But, yeah, Clay Norris, those are the days where you, you can guarantee every team in the league, they'd always have, they'd always have a Tough forward, and they would have a tough D-man. Yeah, so like say that year we had Nikar and Norris. The year before we had Nikar and Eric Levine, 
uh, yeah, you always had a tough D-man to go with it. And I was always a big fan of the tough, the, the, the no-nonsense tough D-man. Always man. loved them. Absolutely. All right. But cl- when, when, when Clutch and Grab came in, that's that's what eliminated the tough D-man. Yeah. Well, once obstruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better now, though, John. Yeah, 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 definitely. So so I'm told. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It's so, it's so much better definitely. now. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off in a second because we've got these uh, these NHL exhibition games tonight. I can't wait to watch those. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, fuck yeah. Well, I mean the time difference is gonna be a real killer for you. Holy shit, you're gonna have a fucking early day at work tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, I'm not I'm not I'm not staying up till uh, well, a 7 p.m. face off is is 12 o'clock at night here, so midnight. I ain't staying up till midnight to watch a fucking NHL game these days. Nah, you ain't missing nothing. So I said to these yeah. fucking guys on Twitter. I'm like, because uh, they, they always, I get told, I get told all the time about how much better it is now. I said, so they score less, hit less, and fight less. So I, I'm really, yeah, not, take I'm really my not money. sure what's better about it. You tell me what's better. <laughs> oh, it's faster. Oh yeah. Okay. So you're like watching Pong. It's like watching a game yeah. of Pong on ice. And, it, and I tell you what, that's something over here. When, when you used to go to the rink, you'd see the same faces at the rink every week. Mm-hmm. They're all gone now. Mm-hmm. Those old faces are all gone now. When I when I was a kid watching this, the crowd was bloodthirsty. And that's that's what I agree. With, that's what I grew up with. But I, I just I just don't understand how you could go to a game now and go home thinking that that was that was awesome. I'm, I, w- I want to go next week. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just that generation, right? It's that yeah. next generation that grew up on this horse shit, and they don't know yeah. any. They don't know any different. So, yeah, I, mean, I suppose if that's all you've seen, you don't know any different. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, it's a new age fan. This is just great because, like you said, right, they don't know. But, yeah, for anybody that – I don't know. I mean, I know guys that still watch because it's like, oh, it's fucking hockey. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? But not one of them will say it's better. No. They'll still watch it because for some reason, I don't know, especially here in Canada, I don't know if they think it's their fucking obligation like you have to watch hockey. Like it's some sort of fucking government rule or something. I don't know. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't know why you would like, but you know, whatever. But they'll still watch it. But yeah, not, none of my friends or like my family members or anything, they'll be like, oh, this is, yeah, it's better now. Like I've never heard any of my friends or anybody I hang out with say that. It's, it's like it's like my mom. My mom, she doesn't know shit about hockey, but she was a season ticket holder back in, years ago. She was a season ticket holder. Ask her why she doesn't go anymore. Because they don't fight like they used to. That's yeah. That was her exact words. Because they don't fight like she used like they used to. She knows nothing about the game, but she used to be entertained. Well, and that's the thing, and it's and like I always say, it's not even about the fight. It's just like there's no fucking passion anymore. Like you watch yeah. it, it's just like no one gives a shit. No one gets mad. It's just like what the fuck. Like I I always say, I don't miss the fights. I miss the after whistle scrums. Yeah. I miss the battle. I, I, I miss I miss the games when the whole game was just it was just a test of one-upmanship from the next one. Like you, you, you're going to hit that guy, I'm going to hit a guy after the whistle. You're going to poke at my goalie, I'm going to hit your goalie. That's what I miss. I just miss that game. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, it's just like, do you not get mad at each other? Like, does no one get mad anymore? It's just yeah, like, yeah. It's like Jesus, you know, and it's like. And then when they do, it's like, oh, it's a scrum, and everybody just talks about how tough they are, and then yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, if I have it's to insane watch... Insane Brawl. You see the videos. Insane Brawl. Oh, yeah. Like, if I have Maybe to watch... Maybe If I have to watch one more fucking clip of Drew Doughty and Matt Tuchuk 
flapping their fucking <laughs> lips at each other, and everybody got ah, yeah. so intense. I'm like, these are the two <laughs> biggest fucking pussies. Like, oh fuck, oh, and then oh, Matt Cassie, oh, Battle of Alberta, and oh boy, and, oh fuck. In the same brawl, I watch it, and 45 seconds later, I'm thinking, what, what they, they called a penalty on that? Oh, it's embarrassing. Oh, it's like, yeah, it's ten guys holding on to each other. Looks like a fucking great six sock hop. It's just like, <laughs> what are we doing? It's like the enchantment under the sea dance, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So I'll go to number three before I get sidetracked just talking about hating the modern game. But at number three, I've got Paul Cruz. Mm. The cruise missile. Yeah, Paul Cruise is the guy I thought was a bad dude. Yeah. In the Sheffield in two thousand one. But uh there's actually a funny clip. I know Paul's got it on his on his uh, on his YouTube channel. But there was a there was a challenge match between Sheffield and Dynamo Moscow and this guy kinda hits Cruz low and Cruz swings his stick at the guy, jumps him and just beats him with his own helmet. It's fucking brilliant. Love it. I'm gonna have to check that out. But, uh, but yeah, then after Sheffield, uh, he went to Belfast in the 203 on the same team as Schulte. So yeah, Paul Cruz and Paxton Schulte, you don't get that entertainment anymore. Yeah, well, and it's funny, yeah, Paul Cruz, it, um, I remember talking to Mel Engelstad. That's what I, I always tell, uh, Mel Engelstad said Paul Cruz hit him harder than anybody's ever hit him. Yeah. You know, and that's, that was Mel, like, and that's that Mel Engelstad, that's covering a lot of fucking ground. Is that that fight? Well, yeah, I mean, that's covering a lot of ground when Mel says, Paul Cruz is the one that hit him the hardest. Jesus. Yeah. I'm a huge Mel fan. But yeah, I mean, it's like Cruz. Cruz is an undersized guy. And people seem surprised when I have him so high. But yeah, he was dominant when he was in the UK. Oh, yeah. Well, just a real underrated guy, right? Like, even in the NHL, like, you know, he was always that sneaky number two guy, but... Oh, yeah, like, Cruz could fucking bang, man. No, oh, I love Yeah, Paul he had, he had, he had, he had a couple Cruz. of great battles with Dirty Wood. Yep, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And Dirty Wood, that, that takes his number two on my list. I've got Dirty as number two. Yeah, Dirty Wood, there's a guy undersized and uh, with one of the most unique fighting styles I've ever seen. He's duck under the arm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, Dirty came to wear in 2001, 2002 season. And I think I think Dodie overachieved that year because he racked a bunch of points up, and then we signed him in Nottingham the year after, and uh, he did, he didn't come close to the the point total he got the year before. But no, Dodie was just pure entertainment. Fight anybody. Yep. Yeah, I love Dodie Wood. Absolutely love Dodie Wood. And actually, real salt. Well, in the Western League, anyway, like in junior and stuff, real solid player. It's interesting with Seattle. Seattle, with uh, when Knockbar was coaching, it was just like he, he was just a big fan of like the undersized tough guy because they had like fucking yeah. Paul Ferrone, Dodie Wood, Tyler Willis, Chris Thompson, like all these guys that are under six feet, you know, that would put in ten to twenty five goals, and yeah, they were really into the undersized enforcer in Seattle. But every one of those guys could fucking fight. Yeah. Yeah, Dirty Wood was tough as shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, tougher than a two dollars steak, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and then Paul. Uh, so then we like... get to number one. I've got Dennis Vial. There you go. Yeah, I love Dennis Vial. He was in Sheffield for two years. Well, I say two years, a year and a half. He came late in the season, the first year, ninety nine to two thousand. But again, he was captain. Give him the give him the C in Sheffield. Dirty Vial fought everybody. 
just had, yeah, I love Dennis Vial. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, anybody listen, just go to YouTube and type in Dennis Vial. I mean, goddamn, you won't be. Guy was awesome. I mean, from the NHL to the minors to the over the UK, the guy just never stopped fighting. No, I do. I do. I feel a bit sad. I mean, I spoke to Paul about this because I know Paul's a huge Denny Vial fan, and uh, I've got the footage when he went to Verdun, and I, I, I kind of feel bad for for for, for Vial and Verdun. I mean, Link goes after him, and at that point in his career, he doesn't need to be fighting Link Gates. You know, I think he only lasted one game in Verdun. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. What? What? Yeah, the Quebec League. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a whole other animal. That that at that at that time. But no, he was all. I mean, he well, Vial got dropped by where? And uh, I know um, Paul's got the clip on his YouTube. But there's a there's an interview, and they're talking about that where, when he got dropped, and they're saying the trainer. It's actually the interviews with Steve Carpenter. Who was Dennis Vial's D partner when he was in Sheffield? Yeah, and uh, Vial got he, he got dropped by Mike Way, but Vial came back to the bench and he was like, "I'm going to fight him again. I'm going to fight him again." And they, the what concussion protocol they had back then, it was they'd ask you a couple of questions. Well, they'd ask you the questions, and then they'd come back five minutes later and ask you for the answers. And uh, if you listen to the thing with Steve Carpenter, he says Vial taps him and says. You better fucking remember these answers because I'm going back out there. Tell me when he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, again, just old school D man. Yeah, love him for everybody. He had a great, uh, he had a great tilt with uh, Doug Dole when he was here. Uh, for uh, great tilt with Louis Bedard, he just fought everybody when he was here. Like say, you had the captaincy. Gotta love him. Doug, well, there you through Doug Duell and Bedard. There's like two guys. Man, I love those two guys too. And there was two guys I couldn't have on the list because you said they had to be here over a year. No, yeah, no, no, I know, but I'm just saying in general, just like like Louis Bedard. I'd love to have a player DVD of Louis Bedard. It always amazes me that Louis Bedard went to the QSBHL in '98, '99, and played a season there. I yeah. bet Louis Bedard was killing guys in the QSBHL in '98, '99. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, you talk about big fish and small pond, right? Like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. But even, like, even that early, yeah, even the 2001-02, like, when he was with Laval, and, you know, like, he's smoking, guys. Yeah. And to the, and to the last day of Louis Bedard's career, he was fighting wide open. Oh, yeah. There, there, there wasn't a lot of holding on going on in those fights. No. I mean, like, how many fights? That guy had to have 500 career fights. Yes. Because he was in the Quebec League for like eight years. And I'll tell you who Louis Bedard had a, had, had a couple of great tilts with over here, who I think is an underrated guy, is, is Darren Hurley. Do you know Darren Hurley? Well, I know the name, and I mean, I've seen those fights that you're talking about. But it's like Darren Hurley was an undersized guy, not not known as an enforcer, but he took on some number one guys, and he never did bad. Yeah, dear, uh, wasn't he a, well, he's an OHL guy? Yeah, it wasn't his role to be fighting those guys, but when he did, he always did well. Yeah, like you said, like you know, not a lot of penalty minutes, but huh? I remember him fighting Darcy Lowing in Nottingham. That was uh, Darcy Lowing hit him from behind the week before, and then they played again the week after. First shift, Darren Hurley just forced the fight and toe to toe. Darren Hurley did really well. Darcy Lowing, there's Saskatoon boy. He, um, I like Darcy Lowing, man. That guy fucking hit. He could hit, mm. man. Um, was oh, but yeah, he, he he flew in the the day he flew into Nottingham the first game. 
It took two plus ten for a hit from a hit from behind. Yeah, Darcy Lyon was brutal. Oh, he'd mean fucker. Yeah, he uh, he'd run around. Had the nickname the Chainsaw. That was his nickname when he was in the UK. There you go. Yeah, he um, was a bad fighter. He wasn't like known as a fighter, but I mean he'd fight. But uh, yeah, fuck, what a hitter though. Um, yeah, I remember he came over. We saw him play. Well, he's a Western Hockey League guy, but I mean, I remember he came back here with the Ottawa Senators played Winnipeg in a neutral site game. They played here in Saskatoon. Everybody left that rink. They knew who fucking Darcy Lowen was. Yeah, he, just, he ran around like a fucking animal, fucking hitting everybody. I think he fought. It, I, I want to say he fought Domi that game. Now that I think, actually, as I'm saying it, I think it was Chris King actually. But yeah, he uh, he hit everybody. It was it was like December time. Nottingham announced two signings, and it was Darcy Lowen and Jason Weaver. And it's like I like Jason Weaver too. They they both played that first game on the Saturday, which was a. Uh, was a Benson and Hedges Cup final game. So a really important game, and Darcy Lowen takes a 2 plus 10 for a stupid hit from behind. Uh, but then the Tuesday night, the first home game, Jason Weaver for Paxton Schulte in that game. So I, I love both of them. There you go. We're, uh... So that was number one, was VL. Yes. So, yeah, as I get better, that was number one. Then we got talking about a bunch of other guys. So there we go. I apologize for that. No, I'm I'm fucking rambling all over. Here, Kate, we're gonna do. A, we're gonna pause here because I gotta go get more Corona. Okay. It's a real fucking professional fucking setup we got going here. <laughs> yeah, that's VL number one. <laughs> See, I always like VL. VL was well, apart from getting dropped by my way, VL was dominant over there. Oh, I love me some fucking Dennis VL. Yeah, VL came in with a big reputation as well. And I, I don't know whether that's because I'm a Nottingham fan and VL came to Sheffield. And back then, 2000, it was still early days of the internet. So not everybody knows everybody. And VL had a big, it was a big reputation about around the rink who, who Sheffield had just brought in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was, it was in Sheffield, science and killer. Yeah. Well, well, there we go. So there's your, uh, the, the top 10 and, uh, the British Super League. I'm, I'm looking here on Twitter as we're, as we're talking. And what's that Alex talking about? Some about some Q&A episode. I don't know. <laughs> what fight made you a fight fan? Um, it's an interesting question. All right. Yeah, I think I've said it before. It's like I've seen games on TV. I've been, I think I've been to two games before I really became a big fan. But I was always amazed by the fights. And the first game I went to where it was like really a big interest, it was, I couldn't tell you who fought, but there was two fights in that game. And then I just looked. It was kind of that's when I go to a game, I want to see a fight. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, same thing. Like, growing up, I mean, I saw fights all the time in the junior games and, and you know, whatever. But I, I'll say the first fight that sort of really hooked me that I can remember was on a fight DVD that I saw. And it was when Shane Churla and Kevin McGuire. That fight, when Churla's with Hartford, McGuire's with Toronto, that fight hooked me into the hockey fighting. Yeah. under uh, The underbelly, the seedy underbelly of hockey. I mean, there was a, there was a VHS tape you could buy from, just, from, from stores over here called The Best of the NHL. And that had, it had like a 10-minute segment of it, which was fights. And the first fight on that was Probert Cox. Yeah. So straight away, it was. I must have worn those ten minutes. I must have worn those ten minutes out on that reel of that tape. Yeah, no, yeah, no, exactly. I got it. I got the fight tape for my. 
a friend of my best friend, his cousin, had a had a couple fight tapes on VHS, and I remember playing them. And um, yeah, of that fight, it was obviously mid '80s stuff, but it was uh, that fight would stick out out to me. And I was probably about twelve or thirteen. And like I said, I'd seen a million fights before that, and you know Wendell Clark and all that stuff. But it was yeah, I think what you know, what's your old eleven, twelve, thirteen? I mean, stuff sinks in, right? So. That fight sort of just, I gravitated towards the fight tape kind of world and, and everything. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I, you asked, sorry, Karen. No, go ahead. Uh, you asked me about that fight. It's like I say, that first game, there was two fights in the game and I can't tell you who it was. But that was, I'm coming next week. And I went to the, I went to the game next week and it was like 10 seconds into the game. Jared Zakuski fought Rob Wilson. But that's probably why I love Jared Zakuski. Just that was, that was the start of that game. Yeah. Well, it's interesting what makes an uh, impression on us, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. In, I was the. Uh, I was the same way. But uh, what the hell are we talking about? EIHL, the Elite League, top ten. Yeah, the Elite Ice Hockey League. Well, is it really elite, John? Is it really? <laughs> Not anymore. Well, what was? Uh, well, how old were you when it switched over? How old would you have been? Um, would you say it was oh three oh four? Uh, two, uh, two and three was the last year of the elite league, uh, the super league. So the first year of the elite league was oh three or four. So I'd have been twenty. Okay, so you knew what was going on. Were you skeptical or happy with the switch over, or did you really give a shit? Uh, I was skeptical just because I kn- I knew back then your tough guy took your last spot on the roster, and the super league was an all import league. And then we had this, and then the elite league came in. And it was you can only have twelve imports, and the last the last players have to be British guys. So I was kind of worried then that the, the, nobody was going to sign a tough guy because you're going to use your import slots on guys who can play. Yeah. Not can play. That's a that's a fucking horrible way to say it because they can all play. But I know are they going to focus on? Do you do you know what I mean by that? Oh well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But luckily they didn't, and um, they actually upped the import limit a couple of years after that because teams moved away from signing a tough guy so they upped the import limit to make that room it's like it's crazy how bad it is over here now like fighting wise and physical play there was a point when the league really pushed to move that way in 0506 they made it two minutes for fighting really two minutes <laughs> yes 0506 they made it two minutes for fighting to try and try to increase the fights and um I remember talking to Cornish about that, and he, he didn't like that because he says after you've had a fight, two minutes is not enough time to recover from it, just to to get yourself back together. He says you're so tired after that tilt. He says, yeah, two minutes in the penalty box is not enough time. Yeah, well, I was going to say two minutes, yeah. Plus, he didn't like it because he kept the PIM numbers down. <laughs> well, that too, yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, what a, what a fucking contrast, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's cr- sorry. No, I was gonna say, especially mid two thousands. I mean, you know, that's right when the LNH really got cooking, and now uh, oh, what a what a glorious time! You did. You always like to say we always had tough teams over here. Always, it it was very rare you'd have a team who was soft. Yeah, until you got to probably two thousand and ten, and that's when. That's when things started going to shit. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the glory times. What's uh, who's your number ten elite league fighter? I've got Jim Vandermeer. 
Oh, there you go. Them bloody Vandermeers, man. That, uh, what a family. Yeah, uh, and, and the Vandermeer came here late in his career, so when he came over here, he's, he's, he's not looking to fight, but he's, he's had a few. It's one of those, he's not looking to fight, but if you piss him off, he'll show you who John Vandermeer is. Yep. Oh, absolutely. He, um, it was always weird because he came, he came along at a time, like when I was working, I was working a lot of nights and stuff, so I really wasn't watching a lot of hockey fights at that time. It was just that point in my life where I was just sort of out of it. And then, and Chris out in Vancouver, I remember he's, he was talking about Vandermeer. And of course, I was thinking of Pete Vandermeer, right? But he yeah. was just like, you gotta see his little brother, man. Like, he's like killing dudes. And of course, drop your gloves. I mean, you know. And I remember just going back, and I remember going down the rabbit hole one night watching Jim Vandermeer fights, and it was like, Jesus. Like, his NHL the guy was awesome. Yeah, but it's like I was saying, I'm, I'm a Flyers fan. So back then when I picked the Flyers, it was always good because they always had a tough team. Yep. And then with the Flyers, I took an interest in the Phantoms, and the Phantoms was great because the, the website, the official Phantoms website back then, they would always put highlights of the games. And I'm talking back when you had to download things and there was no broadband. It was on dial-up, so it would take you 20 minutes to download a fucking 15-second fight. But the Phantoms used to always put the fights and the goals up in the home games. So that was when I first saw Jim Vandermeer by then. Yeah. No, he he was awesome. Vandermeer, yeah, I'm a big Jim Vandermeer fan. Yeah, all the Vandermeers are tough. No, abs- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, that's a good start. We got number nine. I've got John Craighead. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Craighead came to Nottingham in 03-04, which was the first year of the Elite League. And uh, Craighead didn't fight much at all when he was here. I think he was past that. I mean, uh, we actually sponsored him when he was here, so I used to talk to him quite regularly and meet him quite regularly. And he actually told me himself, he says his, his hands are bad now, so he, he didn't want to fight. But he did say, if, if, if it's going to happen, guys know how to get me to fight. So he was he was willing to do it, but yeah, he wasn't looking for it. But if you watch some of Craighead's Detroit stuff, he was, yeah, he was, he was a crazy tough bastard back then. Yeah, he was. No, I remember, yeah, he's all over that IHL stuff. I was never a Craighead fan, but I mean, you know, definitely a tough dude. Um... You know, yeah, just looking at his Nottingham, like, fuck, he had like 30, he had 40 goals. Oh, he was a great player, but I think that was the switch when we went to, when we went from the Super League to the Elite League. The stat, I know it was only, I know, I know they only dropped like six imports, but the stat, the, the standard of play dropped massively. It wasn't even close. And I mean, the Super League, there was big money being paid. Yeah. Uh, and that all, that all stopped with the Elite League. But, um, but yeah, Craighead came in and he was kind of head and shoulders above a lot of the other imports. That's probably why he didn't fight, because he didn't need to. He, he's your top point scorer. You don't want your top point scorer fighting everything. Oh, I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, and if you're in his position, I mean, you know, I mean, as fight fans, it bugs us. But at the same time, if I'm him, I'm like, well, why bother? Right? Like, Yeah. Yeah, like you said, I'm second on the team in scoring. Why am I fighting? Right? So. Yeah, Definitely. But no, I thought, but yeah, like what I've seen it, and I've never, I've, I've seen the fight he had with Mel when he were Craig was in Cleveland and Mel was in Orlando. Yeah, but apparently they had a fight when uh, when Craig was in uh, Manitoba, 
And Craig had always told me that was a great fight, but I've never actually seen it. No, I've never seen that one either. I was surprised as I was looking up his hockey DB. I didn't even know Craig had played in Manitoba. So, yeah, so that would have been when Mel was in Portland. Huh. Yeah, but yeah, no, he said he said they had he said they had an absolute war. But yeah, I've never seen it. No, I've never seen any footage of it. But uh, so I'm just going on what what he told me about it. But I imagine if the guy who was involved said it was a war, it's going to be a war. Well, like you said, it's him and Mel. So yeah, it probably was for sure. You know, yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, right. Well, what do we got? Number eight. Number eight. I've got Brad Bar. There you go. Yeah, big bastard. Brad Bok, yeah, Brad Bok was the guy. He wasn't the greatest fighter, but he fought everybody. And Brad Bok was dangerous. I mean, the amount of guys he hurt with hits, he was dangerous. And he was he was just he was a mean dude. He was mean. Yeah. Brad Bok ain't give, Brad Bok wasn't giving you a pass if you if you, if you had your head down. No, I'm, no, and it was weird because, like I said, he's the same age as my brother. I mean, they were both in Medicine Hat Camp. And I remember because he was so bloody big. And uh, yeah. I want to see my brother fought him in Medicine Hat Camp. I don't know. I'll have to ask him. But, um, yeah, I know in Medicine Hat, he kind of, you know, he was just a big kid. And I think, you know, when you're that big, he kind of got thrown in the role. I don't know if he was really, you know, I don't know if he, he I mean, he did it. But I don't know if he really enjoyed no, it. No, I, I I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit about the guy because of the names he fought. So I, he always looked kind of clumsy when he came to it. And it was always, if he fought a second tier guy, he'd dummy them. But if he fought a number one guy, it always seemed like, like he looked to hold on and he wouldn't do that well, if you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what, yeah. Big guy. And I, I mean, I certainly, again, he did it. I'm not, no disrespect, but... I don't. I don't think he was any killer or anything like that. No, you know. But uh, I had to put him on the list for how long he played here. Yeah, and he literally fought everybody when he was here. Well, the thing that's actually, like you said, I'm looking at it, and it's like I'm surprised at the amount of points he's putting up. Yeah, he was a good player. He was a really good player. I mean, Mia, when when he first signed over here, uh, Cardiff played Sheffield the preseason game, and me and Paul went to that game. And me and Paul was watching him, and he looked terrible. And from from how he looked that day, and to what he did from the UK, it's just miles apart. Yeah, but that yeah, it's interesting. I I didn't think he um, like I know he played in Cardiff for a long time, and I know he's a big fan favorite. Um, yeah, but yeah, he. Uh... Oh shit! Put him up for mayor in Cardiff. He'd win hands down. Yeah, they love him there. Love him. Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't think he played that long over there, but goddamn. He was here forever. Yeah. Seven years? Man. There you go. Well, who we got now? What is it, number six? Number seven. Oh, number seven, okay. No, number seven, I've got Ryan Schmier. The Schmiers. Yeah, he, uh, man, those guys Those guys played everywhere. Yeah. Like dudes, too. Yeah. And, and Schmier, well, I, saw, I saw Ryan in Nottingham for two years. And if you had to pick a guy who knew his role to a T, it was Ryan Schmier. And it's a shame because if you try and talk to Shamir about fights, he won't talk about fights. It's like he doesn't like it. Oh. But he was entertaining. He fought everybody. That's interesting. He doesn't like talking about it, though. Yeah, he always plays it down like it's not important. Huh. But, but it's like, I remember Nottingham, the second year, when, when Nottingham re-signed Shamir and he came back, Nottingham literally signed nothing apart from Ryan Shamir. That team was so soft. And then you had Ryan Schmier. 
And the first seven games of that season, Schmier fought somebody. And he was getting a lot of shit, and they was like, oh, Schmier's having another staged, pointless fight. And it's like, it's not fucking pointless. He's sending a message. He's setting the tone, saying, nothing's going to happen to this team because I'm fucking here. That used to piss me off so bad, just the ignorance of people who couldn't see that was what was happening. No, absolutely. And that's got to be that's gotta be tough when you're like the fucking lone gunman, right? Yeah. And this, this is what I say about, about playing it down. When I remember speaking to him, and I says, "You've done so well this year, yeah, and you're on a pussy team." And he went, he says, "No, they're not pussies. They're hardworking. It's a hardworking team." But yeah, he was on his own that year. He was on his own that whole year. Well, there, yeah, right, yeah. There's another guy. Yeah. Well, what do we got? Number six. I've got Adam Stefishin. Huh. Well, there you go. That's an interesting name. Adam Stefishin's a guy who doesn't get. Well, nobody talks about him. He doesn't get much credit. But yeah, Adam Stefanson was a bad dude. He was a bad dude. He hit hard, fought everybody, and I always hype him up. And then when you had Corny on on your episode, Corny said Stefanson doesn't get the credit he deserves. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah and like there you go. Right, if it's coming from one of the boys. Yeah, I said this to Paul earlier. Uh, I said that. I said that actually. That actually made it feel feel good when I say it all the time that somebody who's actually been in there says the same, because people just shake their head at me when I say it. But no, if some if somebody has been there says it, it's true. Oh, for sure. But yeah, no, he was just a mean dude for everybody, and he was in Edinburgh as well. So it wasn't like he was on one of the big teams over here. He was pretty much on his own there too. He played there for two years. And Shall I go yeah. to number five? No, I'm just kind of. Uh... Sorry. I'm 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 looking him up right now, but I'm, I think I'm having trouble spelling his name. <laughs> Don't ask me how to spell it because I've got a bunch of chicken scratch on these uh on this notepad in front of me. That's all right. I know who you're talking about. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Number five. <laughs> Number five. I've got the wild thing, Andre Payet. <laughs> there you go. Well, there, there's another guy, big fan favorite. Yeah, well, look at Pyatt's stats in Coventry. He he had, he had a crazy amount of points, and he had like four hundred and sixty something penalty minutes to go with it. No, absolutely. I mean, he, and he played over there for a long time too. Yeah, he's the way he's still here now. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Pyatt would be a great guest for you. Yeah, he would. Yeah, but yeah, I think this is. I, I think Payet changed things over here. When I was saying earlier, we, when we used to get tough guys, they'd always be coming towards the end of the career. Payet was the first guy who came over where every game, literally, he'd, he'd, he'd cause shit. And then it was the year after that when teams started signing the younger tough guy. But yeah, Payet was mean for everybody. Yep. No, absolutely. Well, I know you're kind of, you know, you're kind of around that league and whatever. In your best guess, what was the money like over there? Uh, Super League was huge money, but I would... Uh, Take a guess at the Elite League. I would say an import here would be... A lower-end import would probably be £400 a week. A top-end import, you're probably looking at £1,100 a week. Which, well, that, does, that doesn't help me. What does that mean? So, Canadian, 1100 is probably 2000 The 400 is 750 Yeah, 750 a week. Goddamn, that ain't bad. That's, that's a pure guess. Yeah, well, I'm, I know when I've talked to a few guys, I know when I was talking to Kovacs, he was telling me it was equivalent to American League money. Yeah, oh, the AHL was. I mean, uh, um, I was, there was a player in Nottingham called Mark Kadox. 
he wasn't a fighter, he was a skill guy. But yeah, he, he told me, apart from the UK, uh, you can't earn that kind of money. He says, unless she, unless she was a top-end veteran in the AHL, you won't earn better money than what you would in the UK. Yeah. And it's interesting with Payet, too, because, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, you know, he found a niche over there and whatever, but because I know he played in the Quebec League, too, in St. Hyacinth there a couple times, and uh, especially with the money that they were throwing around. So the money over there for him, he must have been getting decent money from Newcastle for him to stay over there. Yeah. You know, because you think St. Hyacinth would have been throwing huge money at him. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard what a couple of guys was offered from the Quebec League. Yeah, you know. Um, I don't think I don't think the league money was the same, but I think it, you didn't have that kind of responsibility. If you were... No, no, I mean, it would, I, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to say easier. That's probably yeah. not the. That's probably not the. Well, that might be the right word, actually. Well, it's one hundred percent the right word. The elite league was a lot easier than being in the in, in, in the Quebec league and the LNH. The expectation on you wasn't the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, and especially, well, yeah, you look over at that time. He had sixteen goals, a lot. Like he was obviously playing, right? He wasn't yeah. just some two shift dummy over in the elite what? league. Well, he was on the first line with Adam Calder and Dan Carlson that first year is here in Coventry. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, and I mean, you know, we talk about the fights, everything else. At the end of the day, I mean, every play, everybody wants to play. You know, nobody wants to be the two shift guy. So, well, other than Curtis Swanson, nobody wants to be the yeah. two shift guy. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I certainly can see the point for sure. But yeah, it's it's. it's Nottingham was actually going to sign Andre Payet, but the owner turned Payet down to bring back Craighead for a second year. And that all kind of went to shit because we released Craighead halfway through the season. Hmm, that's interesting. Craighead over Payet. Well, Craighead was probably a better player. Payet would have been a more of a tough guy than Craighead, though. Yeah, but that's funny because when we released Craighead, he went to, went to Cardiff. His first game in Cardiff, he fought Payet twice in that game. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting how it works out. Yeah. What do we got? Where are we at? Number four. I've got Paul Farone. Oh, there you go. And I think I've always been harsh on Paul Farone just because the UK fans, the UK fans are some of the biggest homers you will ever you will ever come across. Don't even get me started on them UK fans. I have motherfucked them on Twitter more times. And I think this is why I didn't give Farone the credit he deserved. Because I had Newcastle fans telling me that Farone didn't fight because guys were scared of him. And it's like, as tough as Farone is, the, the heavyweights aren't scared of Farone. That sounds really bad, but do you know where I'm coming from with that? Yeah. Take oh, Adam yeah. Stepishin. Adam, Adam Stepishin is not is not scared of Paul Farone. He's going to fight Paul Farone. Yeah. So, but yeah, he just he just had like a cool hero status in Newcastle. So that kind of I think that made me not give him the credit he deserved. But Paul Farone was toughish. Well, it's amazing as I've talked to players over the years. Like, yeah, Farone's. Anytime you mention Farone's name, every one of them has to be like, "Oh yeah, fuck," you know. They, uh, yeah, no, nothing but respect for Paul Farone from guys for sure. Yeah, oh, Paul Farone first came over here during the Super League. So, I mean, uh, Farone fought Nykar, and uh, yeah, Paul Farone, he didn't fight often, but when he fought, he fought the big names. Yeah. And he never did bad. No, he was, uh, yeah, like, you know, and I mean, 
watched him in junior in the Seattle with those all those Seattle tapes, and I mean, I don't remember him losing. And like I said, and you know, not five eleven, one one eighty. Like he's not big, but yeah, you, you look at Paul Ferron in the street, you don't, you would never think Paul Ferron is the bad dude that he is. Exactly. No, that's what I said. Yeah, he looks like a fucking member of the AV club. You know, <laughs> he'll fucking murder you. Yeah, he was. Yes. He was but that goes back to what I was saying before with Seattle with their undersized enforcers at the time. Yeah, but yeah, for own. Like I said, I've talked to like Chris Graff and guys like that, and they were all like, Ugh. yeah, he hit hit hard. You could throw both hands. Yeah, he was, yeah, Paul Frame was dangerous. Yep. What, what, hey, what are you drinking over there, by the way? Budweiser. Budweiser. Oh, there you go. I was going to say this is going to be like a UK edition, so I was going to like go buy Guinness and, you know, go buy some maybe some Shepherd's Pie or something, but I'm like, nah. I went the, <laughs> nice. I went the complete opposite, went and bought Mexican. So. <laughs> but why is this cheap in the shops here? That's why it's here. There, yeah, well, wouldn't it be an import? Why is it cheap? I honestly don't know. But yeah, no, it's, it's like Bud Light. You can get Bud Light here. Bud Light's ridiculously cheap. Huh. Well, Bud Light is the highest, it's the uh, number one beer in, for sales in North America. We've not had it for long over here, probably in the last three years. Well, well, what's the big beer in England? Lager-wise, you're probably talking Carlsberg or Foster's, Stella. Really? Yeah. Not Guinness? Oh, Guinness is big. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't drink Guinness, but yeah, no, Guinness is big over here. I, I could never get into that like that dark beer. I'm just like, nah. I think I, I think I've I've only ever I've only ever had Guinness once, and that was I went to Dublin on a stag party, and I was like, I'm in Ireland, I'm going to have a pint of Guinness, and I hated it, so I've never touched it since. Yeah, no, a friend of mine was a big like he went over. He, of course, he went backpacking in Europe, so all of a sudden he was fucking worldly, right? Yeah, so we were drinking fucking, he's like, oh, you gotta drink this stuff, and he had, uh, well, first it was Guinness, I remember we drank some, I was just like, god, this is just horrible, I'm like, no, and then, I'm, god damn, what's the name of the beer he had, oh, it had a widget in it, um, uh, Kilkenny, Kilkenny. I've never heard of it. Ugh, he, uh, it had a, I remember it had a little widget in it in this can, and of course it's like eight billion dollars for like four cans. And I remember he was, and it looked like, it came out, it looked like goddamn, like, apple cider. It was just thick brown. I'm just like, what are you doing? I'm like, no. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I'm like, I, I'm just going to stick to domestic swill. Yeah. <laughs> All I'll say, this is going to be a great episode. We went from Paul Perone to, uh, to Guinness. Oh, this shit went off the rails. There's, I'd be surprised if anyone's listening at this point. <laughs> well, this is the thing you told just... me to make one list, and I made two, so I've killed it for you. Oh well, fuck! I'm, I'm, shit! I'm, I'm half in the bag drinking Coronas. The old ladies at the lake. I'm just yelling into a microphone, looking out my window. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting kicked off the network today. <laughs> well, I'm looking around. I have, I have work tomorrow morning, and I'm looking around. I have nine empty cans in front of me, and thinking, well, I wasn't going to drink tonight, but there. Uh, it happens. Well, see, that's all fucked up. Yeah, right, because it's like 3.18 here, but it's like, yeah, it's like 9 o'clock there. 10 o'clock there. Yeah, it's 20 past 10 here. Yeah. Wow. Well, we'll speed it up then. What? Uh, 
it's not a problem. Uh, but yeah, number three, I've got Jeremy Cornish. Who? Never heard of him. No. <laughs> yeah, he was some guy who came over here and fought everybody. You know, and I, and I, you know, and he's a great podcast guest. Anybody listening, please go back and listen to the Jeremy Cornish interview. Um, I know he's done interviews before. I'd li- I, I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna self promote and say I think I did the most in depth interview with him. But uh, he, I don't want to say I didn't know anything about Jeremy Cornish because that's not true. I knew who he was. But I think when I went back and I, I watched Paul's stuff just to kind of get familiar with him again. I got a whole new appreciation for how good he was. Yeah, I don't get how anybody, any fight fan can can not like Jeremy Cornish. Every yep. fight is wide open. Yep. He fight before everybody. Yeah, he, he he knew his role to a T. Yeah, Corny was awesome. Yeah, he was, and it's like you said, wide open. And I was actually surprised. I didn't realize till I was watching these fights. I didn't realize how goddamn big he was. What was he, 6'3"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and if you're watching the fights, it's like, okay, he's the bigger guy in, like, the fight always. And I'm like, okay, and I went back and I'm looking on HockeyDB. Yeah, he's, like, 6'3", and it's like, I didn't realize he, I don't I don't know why, I just didn't realize he was that big. But, yeah, it was, because, uh, I mean, I had the Laredo stuff and shit forever. But it was just like, uh, yeah, when you go back and watch, I, I always say when you watch, like, a player DVD, that's when you kind of can get a true uh, appreciation for someone. Yeah, and the guy, is just, he, he was just so old school. Yep, yep. Yeah, he, he fought everybody wide over. You, you're going to struggle to find a uh, Jeremy Cornish fight where it's a wrestling match with jersey jabs being thrown. It just, it just didn't happen. And I'll tell you what, one of the reasons why I was a big fan too, there was no bum taps after those tilts either. No, exactly. And it was like, uh, no, he was legit and... Uh, Guy, guy was mean. He went into every fight looking to win that one. No, I agree. He was uh, a bad dude. And, and Corny was great because when he, when I, when I was said before, when we used to get the tough guys, it was always coming to the end of the career. Corny came over here at like twenty three. He wanted to fight everybody. Everybody. He was still looking to make a name for himself. Yeah. No. He and yeah, like you said, when he got over there, he was. Uh, he certainly didn't slow down. No. But now the, the, the fight with Belak, when he kind of jumps Belak, I don't think I've ever seen Wade Belak look so angry in another fight as Belak did when he popped back up then. I, I actually, I just sent a message to Corny. I said, I got Searson on here. You should jump on. Mm. I said, Searson's talking mad shit about you. <laughs> yeah, he's probably just, who the fuck is this? <laughs> well, I know he's not on your list, but I'm going to ask you about him. Uh, Jared Adams. Mm-hmm. Again, undersized guy. I always like Jared Adams. And that's that's the thing. I probably don't give Jared Adams enough credit. Because he was a guy who pops up on so many fight cars and fighting heavyweights. But wherever Jared Adams played over here, he was always your number three or four guy. That's probably why I don't give him enough credit. Yeah, he was... Uh, man, he fought a shit ton with her in junior in Regina, too. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy, I want to get him on the show, I've talked to him about, and he wants to come on, but trying to pin him down for a time has been tough, but I'd love yeah, to have Jared Jer- Adams, come on. Yeah, Jerry Adams backed down from nobody. No. He played over there a long time, too. Yeah, he did, he did. Well, he came He came over here, and I think he played in the BNL when he first came over, which was, it was a step down from the Super League at the time. 
And I think that's where he first came. I think he came to Edinburgh, and then he signed for London. I want to say London. I remember Jared Adams in London the first time round. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, then he was in Sheffield forever. Yeah, and then Cardiff for like seven years, eight years. Yeah, so I think he was the coach in Cardiff. I think. Yes, he was. Or he coached yep. in Sheffield. No, he was a player coach for two years and then the head coach for one year. Yes, yeah. Somebody I was talking to, who was I talking to? Somebody said he got fucked. Cardiff kind of fucked him around. I don't. Was it not Sheffield that fucked him? No, they were saying it was when he was coaching in Cardiff because they were like, I don't know what happened, but something, something stupid happened. There was, well, maybe it was Cornish. They were saying like Jared Adams should still be coaching. It's bullshit and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've got that in my head. It was Sheffield. I remember. I remember something about Sheffield fucking him over. Well, he played two years in Sheffield, and then then he went to Cardiff for like ten years as a player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm 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 wrong here. Then I must be wrong. But I can't remember who Cardiff brought in over him. But yeah, I do remember Jerry Adam getting fucked over at some point in his career. But yeah, I was a uh, yeah, I was a huge when he played with China. I was a huge Jerry Adams fan. Yeah, like like I say, undersized guy, and he was never his role, but he, he forced some he forced some heavies over here, and he always did well. Yep, yep, absolutely. So uh, I'm gonna go number two. I'm gonna go Brett Cloutier. There you go. Brett Cloutier was a bad dude. He, he's big. Yep, big mm. dude. Huge. That guy played a long time too, man. He, he fought a guy when he because after he, after he was in the UK, he went to the CHL. Yeah, um, he fought a guy in the uh, in the ceremonial puck drop in the CHL. Hand, Ryan Hand, was. Hand. Yes, yeah. yeah. Ryan Hand was a bad dude too. We had yeah. Ryan Hand over here played the whole. Yeah, Ryan Hand was a bad dude. What? Well, uh, yeah, that was the thing with Hand. I fucking loved RJ Hand, Ryan Hand, whatever alias he's going under. Um, he was a tough dude, and he played in the Hall the one year over there, and he. Fucking put up some decent points. He had, I know he fought everybody. He did really well in his fights. And at the time, I was, I, you'd read his, uh, you know, I get, uh, see, I, I go back to them bloody UK fans. And they're just shitting on him. And I'm like, for what? What do you want from him? Like, what the fuck are you shitting on RJ Ham for? What, what is the, what, what, what can you shit talk RJ Ham for? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, oh, he never plays as a fucking goon. And yeah, I'm like, well, okay, like, what? You know, I, I mean, that was the thing. It's like, okay, did you look at any of his numbers before he got there? Like, did you think you were getting Ray Bork? What, at any point, did you think you were going to get some big goal scorer? That's the thing over here, Darren, I'll tell you now. The favorite saying from the fucking dickhead UK fan is, waste of an import slot. They love the fucking words, waste of an import slot. Yeah. Pisses me off. But Ryan, I loved Ryan Hand. He was awesome, and he was awesome in the Quebec League. I, fuck, the only luck that dude's had is bad luck, though. He gets fucking hurt all the time. But I mean, he's had some shit luck. But he's played on a bunch of teams. But he what was, a, was that? What was that brawl when he was in the Quebec League and he, well, Ontario don't drop the gloves, and RJ Hand fucking drops him in a brawl. Well, and the fucking thing was is they were like teammates the year before. They had won it the year before together. They were yes. like buddies, but it was like. Fucking nerd, no friends when you're playing, man. And I know Terio nah. uh, was fucking hot over that shit, but it was yeah. Just like, well, I can imagine because it, it's it's out of character, but Terio was kind of like 
okay, 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 let's 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 hold back. And fucking RJ's throwing him with bad intentions. Yeah. Yeah, I know Terry was really mad about that because it was Han's old man that told me that or something. But yeah, he. Uh, I'm trying to think who Han had a big rivalry with. Ben Olsen. Ben Olsen. Ben Olsen, yeah. I, I liked Ben Olsen when Ben Olsen was over here. He was a fucking mean dude. But Han's old man would fucking argue with Ben Wilson online all the time. It was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny to read. And. Uh, Jim, that was Ryan's dad, and I like Jim. I like talking to Jim. Jim's a nice guy, but Jim would get on social media and talk too much sometimes, and it was like kind of embarrassing sometimes. But I was a big Ryan Hand fan, and but yeah, it, fucking Ben Olsen would talk shit about Ryan Hand all the time. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, Cluche and Ryan Hand, yeah, they fought in the uh, ceremony. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing the video and just laughing when I seen it. Oh, I have, I have some great pictures from that fight in the hand. And you can see the people dropping the puck. That first couple of pictures, they're just like, what in the fuck? Like, you kind of <laughs> think it's a joke, but then it's you like... You've probably got the kid on the ice doing it, just thinking, what's going on here? Oh, yeah, and they're like, clearly all, like, three punches in, they're like, holy shit, these guys are for serious, you know? <laughs> Love it. Yeah. But yeah, no, Brett Cloutier was was, yeah, he was a bad dude. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, here we are, the number one in the Elite League. Number one. I'm a huge fan. I think you'll like this. Number one, I've got I've got Mel Mel Angle stuff. Ah, uh, see, you're just like like this ass is for sitting, not for kissing. Come on now. <laughs> no, no, no. I love Mel. I well, love I, Mel. I'll, any fight fan list, no fight fan could say they don't like Mel Angle and this goes back. I think this is where my love for Melangostad began. This goes back to what I was saying to you earlier about tapes back in the day and how hard it was for me to get tapes. Yeah. One of the first one of the first tapes I ever got was an NHL preseason tape, and it was when he fought Probo. He fought Probo and Reed Simpson in that game. Yeah. Uh, and it was like I knew about the NHL then, but I didn't know much about the minor league guys. And I was just like, "Who the fuck is this guy, Melangostad?" Uh, yeah, I, I was mesmerized. And then that's when I took an interest in him, and I followed him. And I always say, and I'll argue with anybody, Malangostad is the toughest guy ever who never got a regular spot in the NHL. I will always argue that with anybody. That's a solid argument. I could go with that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I love Mel. Cause that's and, the uh, thing, too, because, I mean, some people will throw Morasti, but, eh, Morasti was pretty... See, that was the thing with Engelstad, is Mel had the size, too. Yes, yeah. You know, that, that... I, I met Mel when when he was over here. Yeah, and I will never forget how big Mel's hand up, hands are. Yeah, I've got a photo with Mel, and he has his fist up, and his fist is literally the size of my head. Oh, it's ridiculous how big his hands are. Yeah, no, I know. From uh, and Mel's such a nice guy, and uh, I was always mad he didn't get more than the two games. He deserved more than the two games. <laughs> Well, yeah, he begged Sandy McCarthy to fight him, didn't he, in that game? And it's... Yeah. But I remember there was the, the story I heard that, uh, like, when he was in Dallas that one year, that year, like, the fucking Brett Hall and them were bitching to Hitchcock to bring Engelstad up because they were just getting run, and they were like, this is fucking ridiculous. And Hitchcock, yeah. and Hitchcock wouldn't do it. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck, you know? But Well, I always remember... I mean, Hitchcock had some tough teams, but I, I always remember reading that Hitchcock was never a fan of the fighters. No. I mean, I remember Hitchcock was in Philly, so that's when 
What year was he in Philly? When was, when was he coaching in Philly? Uh, give me a sec. Uh, 90 to 93. Oh, that was when he was the assistant coach. Oh, here we are. Uh, 02 to 07. So 02 to 07, he had some tough teams then. So 02, he'd have Fedora and fresh uh, year. So yeah, my argument's gone there. But yeah, no, I always remember Hitchcock reading Hitchcock didn't like the tough teams. Well, I don't think yeah, he ever. I don't think he ever liked the fighting. I mean, he. I think he probably, you know, recognized that you needed it. But yeah. But yeah, how the fuck do you not give Angus that a shot? No, I know, and it was like I. I from what I've been told, it was like. Because at the time, the GM was Bob Ganey, and his kid Steve was playing down in Kalamazoo, and it was like, I think, basically, it was kind of, Mel was told to babysit Ganey's kid and make sure nothing happens to him. Ganey's kid was actually a tough fucking little bastard, too. Yeah. Steve Ganey, but, you know, but yeah, it was always kind of, you know, and especially after he had the strong, like, he had had a, like, he, he showed up against Probert. He did well against Probert and Simpson. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and that's like still prime Probert. Like it wasn't like washed up Probert, you know. And and look, was, look at that fight against Keynes when when Angus was in Belfast and Keynes is in London. Yeah, that was Keynes. I would say Keynes is top three NHL at that point. Yep. One well, Mel yeah. and, and Mel's with him the whole time, and yeah, and Angus yeah, went to war. Yeah, and I mean that's you know I'm not saying Mel would have been the toughest guy in the NHL or anything, but I mean. I, yeah, he, I, he, he he had NHL toughness. He had NHL toughness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he definitely had NHL toughness. I guess it's just the skating held him back, but yeah, I don't know. I think at that time he probably could have played. But yeah, I say that all the time and people, he doesn't get much credit over here because like I say, his first year when he came over was in Belfast and his coach was a guy called Tony Hand. And Tony Hand, he didn't, I, I would say he didn't know how to handle the fighters. He used to always sign the big name, but he'd just keep him. He'd keep him on the leash the whole time, so he didn't really do a lot. And that's and then he went to Newcastle. But I was saying Mel fought more times in preseason when he was in Newcastle than he did the whole year before when he was in Belfast. Yeah. And then I've ne- I've never seen it, but there was the whole stick swinging thing with Jeff Hutchins when he was in Newcastle, which got him released. Yeah. I've never I've never seen it, but. Uh, but no, Mel was tough as shit. Bad dude. Did, um, well, again, to go, like, uh, what did you think of Adam Keith? Do you know what? I liked Adam Keith. He, another undersized guy, but Keith fought everybody. Yeah, he did. And that was, uh, when the Panthers signed Jansen, the year before, the Panthers didn't really have anything. And Matt Nickerson just ran the show every time he came to Nottingham. And then we signed Jansen, and the first game we had against Belfast, Jansen was. Ch- Chasing Nickerson, and uh, again, I'm not I'm not shit talking or questioning his toughness, but Nickerson didn't really he didn't really seem interested in Jansen, and Keith stepped in and he had a great fight against Cam. Yeah, he um yeah, I was always a big uh, I liked Adam Keith. He was he was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, there we go. But yeah, well, I, I've said it before. What surprised me when Adam Keith first got the uh, head coach's role in Belfast, he didn't sign a tough guy, and that was back when teams were still signing that. There was only getting one guy. It wasn't like back in the day when everybody had two. But most teams were still signing that one guy, and Keith just signed nothing. That always surprised me. I would, well, like I, like I said, I haven't paid much attention. I mean, how how's Belfast done? 
I was just saying, I guess the one year he was coaching, they won the championship, so, well, goddamn. I, yeah, I was, I was going to say, you asked me that question, I'm just thinking, I don't fucking know, I don't really pay attention to that. Yeah, I was just looking, yeah, 18-19, yeah, they went 45-13 and 13 and won the championship, well, goddamn, yeah, I guess, yeah. fuck and, us, and I hey, guess. And he sat with nine empty cans in front of me shit-talking. Yeah, I guess, what do we know? <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll shut the fuck up, Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, well, I mean, well, like you said, though, he does have, he has Vandermeer over there, so it's not like, you know, they're completely yeah. fucking, you know, whatever. But um, one guy that's over there now, um, you know, and of course, I guess he's a victim of just the, the era that he's in, um, was Gagnon. I was a big fan of Matthew Gagnon. When, when Nottingham signed Gagnon, I wasn't really, like, overwhelmed because I looked over when he dropped his gloves and it said he had, like, four fights the year before. He had big pims, but but then when I actually saw Gagnon, I loved him. Yeah. And Gagnon was fucking mean. Um, he was different to what you see in the modern game where Gagnon didn't give a shit who he was. If yeah. Gagnon felt like you wronged him, Gagnon would punch you in the mouth. And that's, that's what I loved about him. But that was the same as Zach Fitzgerald. Zach Fitzgerald had the same attitude as that. No, exactly. And, uh, yeah, Gagnon, like I said, we were talking about my friend Kurt earlier. Um, he had played, uh, Gagnon had played in the uh, Alberta League in White Court for the one year and had, like, you know, was a scourge of the league and shit. And I remember Kurt telling me, like, cause, yeah, you got to see this kid. He's a French kid out of Montreal, but uh, he's fucking What, did mean. Gagnon play for Kurt? No, 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 he played against them. He oh, was in, right, okay. But he was okay. in the Alberta League in White Court when uh, Kurt was in Drumheller. And he was just like, yeah, you got to see this French kid. He's like this Gagnon, he's pretty mean. And, uh, you know, then I went back and kind of looked at his Quebec stuff and then watched him turn pro there in Stockton and Fort Wayne. And he bounced around the American League a couple times and he was in Tulsa. And, you know, and then you'd, see, you'd sporadically see the fight clips and it's like, yeah, you know, bigger guy, wide open dude and... Uh, yeah, Gagnon's whole fighting style was just, I'm going to try and get as good a clinch as I can with this one hand, and my other hand, I'm just going to throw as many punches as I can. That was his whole fighting style. He was great to watch. Yeah, yeah, and that was the thing, and I, and I watched him, and I was just, I remember, I always say the same thing when I was watching him, I'm like, ah, kid, you came 10 years too late, you know? Yes, yeah, definitely. And another guy I'd always say that was about Jake Do- Doty, I'd say the same thing. It's like yeah, Doty was a big guy as well. Yeah, and well, it was the kingpin of the Western League, WHL. He was the heavyweight champ, and uh, you know St. Louis took him, and you know he was in Seattle when, and Medicine Hat, and it was like you know when, they, when Gagnon was in Nassim, Gagnon dropped Doty bad when yeah. you know, when Doty was uh, when Doty was in Glasgow. Well, I know in Brayhead when he was playing there, and again, fucking UK fans are shitting all over him, and it was like fucking guy had 16 goals had like 10 fights it's like what the fuck do you want from this guy like what do you want him to do i don't understand like yeah when i when i say glasgow i mean brayhead i they yeah. switched names one year i can't remember which one it is so I but it was like you know but it's like oh well he lost to gagnon like well fuck so i mean goddamn, everyone loses a fight like you know i'm like and they're just shit on Doty, and i'm just like give it a rest like jesus you know see we're talking probably two years ago where we got a new coach in Nottingham and I think I think he just watched a bunch of Paul's ISL videos on YouTube when he decided to sign his team, but he signed Doty, he signed Tyler Biggs and he signed Jane and Risling. And it 
was like there was it was crazy when nobody else wasn't signing anything and Doty was such a victim that year just of the officiating and that the league had nobody and I loved Doty I loved him but uh, yeah we, we released him just before Christmas uh, but yeah, yeah he had no no competition that year in the league at all but yeah Doty could hit too yeah well like I said big guy wasn't a bad player would fight and it was just like I don't know I just kind of, I know he only played it, you know, I'm just kind of looking. He played a few games in the, you know, the American League. And he's, got, like, I, I don't know if he's done playing now. I don't know. He's only 27 years old. So. He, was, he was in Allen, wasn't he? With the Allen Americans. Yeah, and then they, they kind of, you know, and, and then he went to Ontario. He was with the Reign. And then uh, then he went down to Allen in the East Coast League. And, and then, of course, I guess, you know, whatever, COVID hit. But, you know, so I, I don't know. What, what he's going to do next year, but you know, or this coming season, but he was, uh, but there, there's, he was sort of the last, sort of the last WH. Wow, I was going to say him and him and Josh Caron were kind of the last two WHL kind of champions, and then uh, you know, I think Caron played like half a season of pro and retired. But I mean, yeah. being, the, being the heavyweight champ in the Western Hockey League doesn't mean anything anymore, apparently, but. Is there still more fights in the Western League than there is the, the other juniors? I know you don't. I know the Western League doesn't have the fight rule, but even without that, the guys still fight. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Well, because the Western League doesn't have the uh, doesn't have the fight rule. I yeah, mean, I know they don't not, have that, but the guys still fight. Well, still... Yeah, you know, whatever, whatever that means nowadays. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah. but I mean, you know, league leader is ten. You know, again, I'm not knocking the kids, but I mean, you know, whatever. No, it's nothing like it was. Yeah, it's not. It's not the kids' fault. It's the they're a victim of the environment. That's the problem. Well, exactly. Well, I'm trying to get friggin' Cornish on the on the on Skype here, but he he's apparently drunk in Greece. He says, "All oh, right, okay." But he says hello to you, and he goes and he's going oh. to bed, and he's going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so he's probably he's probably thinking that kid used to ask me so many questions when I was playing, I can't handle him in retirement. Oh, I guarantee he's probably stone sober sitting in his living room, but he's just like, oh, fuck it. I'll, I'll just tell him I'm drunk in Greece. I don't want to talk to either of these idiots. Say, yeah. say to his wife, this is that fucking kid I used to tell you about. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm typing here. Get on Skype. Let's talk fights. <laughs> Who's going to answer me? You know, I got. I was going to say, I, I got 6,000 6, followers, and it's like I'm talking to myself for crazy. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going to go grab more. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to back in two seconds. What's that? Well, there we go, man. Like, there we go. The top ten of the, uh, you you went extra. We did the British, uh, you know, the Super League, and then we did the Elite League. And uh, I think you, you laid some science down on the people tonight. Well, I just think I'd... I started. Uh, I started making a list, and you asked me for a top ten list of the UK guys. There was there was just too many guys to talk about. That I was doing these lists, and yeah, there, there was too many names on there that needed that I needed to mention. That was that was the thing. Well, like I was saying to you, I said I think the thing that surprised me the most, I said, was just yeah, like you said, is the guys that were over there. I mean, I know I kind of screwed you up when I said, oh, they have to play more than one year and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, when you look at the, like, kind of the one-year wonder guys, 
Yeah, like you said, there's some big friggin' names that came over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had some new things. I know because I started making my list, and you messaged me and said, "Oh, I'm putting a condition in that they they've got to play more than one year." And I messaged you back saying, "Well, that's only bump one guy off the list." But that one guy was Phil Crow. Phil Crow was a fucking bad dude. Oh yeah, like, and I'm I'm a huge Phil Crow fan, and uh, yeah, Phil Crow underrated, always underrated, and uh, very yeah. And uh, I was telling you, I said from I I can't remember who told me now, but yeah, apparently he did very well in the oil markets in Texas, and Phil has done quite well for himself with life after hockey. But uh, yeah, I'm going was... to mention one more name. I'll tell you another another guy who was a bad dude, but he only had a limited time over here. Bill Huard. Bill Huard was a bad dude. Too. Yes, he was. There's another guy. Yeah, I same thing, right? Even in the NHL or in the minors, yeah, Heward doesn't get talked about much. But you go back and look at his NHL stuff, I mean, that was a guy, he beat Twist and Ewan, and yeah, he had some big wins over some big names. Was it Heward or, uh, was it Heward or, um, who beat Grimson? It was either Heward or Crow who had a really good showing against Grimson. I want to say it's Heward. Yeah, uh, I think. But I mean, Bill Hewitt had some. Had when we were talking about Hewitt, that was what made me think about it. That's what I want to say. Yeah, it was probably Hewitt. Well, he had he had some big showings against certain guys, and uh, yeah, I know you know Rocky got him and stuff. But I mean, yeah, Hewitt was legit. I was a big Bill Hewitt fan. I didn't even know he was over there. There's another guy. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, played, I didn't know he played in the UK. There was uh, if you look at if you look over the years in the UK, there was so many guys that came over who just played a few games here and there. We had some bad dudes over here. No, absolutely. Well, like I was telling you here, we got. Uh, well, now that we're wrapped up, I I put on Twitter that I was uh, I'm I'm on uh, I I left the kind of the chat wide open to come and talk, and and I got manatee. He's just all over me, Doc. He's. Uh, you know, I, I said I tried to get these UK guys on, and they all disappear. But yeah, they might. It was uh, the episode of Five and Five. He was talking about a. Uh, I'm trying to think what beer it was. Calling, calling Black Label. Oof. We've not called it calling Black Label in the UK for fucking years. It was a. Uh, it was refreshing to hear that name. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, here I've tried to. Uh... Wait, what are you doing? <laughs> Nothing much. How about yourself? Here, hold on, John. Are you still there? I think you can add somebody to the call. Yeah, I'm going to do that here. Here we go. Adding to the call. Searson, John, are you still there? Yeah, you put me on hold. Yeah, hey, Chris, are you there? Yep. Ah, see, there hey. we go. There we go. How's it going? Good, how about yourself? Not too bad. <laughs> Look at this. this. Oh, fuck, here we go. Tremendous. I got, uh, unpause it here. Well, I got Dr. Chris on the line, but before we before we wrap up, I want to thank uh, John for, on short notice, coming on here and laying down some science about the top ten in the UK. I know we've talked about this for a while. Thank you very much for coming on. No problem. It's been great. It's been great. And I'm sure the UK fans will, uh, will disagree with my list. But, uh, but before you disagree, just check out Go on Hockey Fights UK. Check out those clips, and then and then disagree. Absolutely. Well, and I know, and I mean, I've always thanked you for this. I know you've been a big supporter of the show, and I know you go and put all the shit up on the UK message boards. 
And, uh, you know, you and I are going to be getting motherfucked like nobody's business after this. <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you very much for always uh, supporting the show. No problem. And if I drug your show down to the to the bottom, I apologize. Oh, like I said, we're reaching up to touch bottom here. But uh, <laughs> no, I, no, it was great. And I'm glad we finally got to do this. No worries. It's been fun. I'm sure you listened to at least part of the episode that I was on. So, you know, you should be feeling pretty good about yourself. Oh, wow. I mean, well, we don't keep the fucking bar low there, Chris. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I listened to the whole thing. It was it, it was good. It was good. <laughs> yeah, it was really it was really something. Yeah. Then you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 